Why did Jesus die? Christians all over the world believe that on a Friday like this, a little over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was brutally tortured and killed for what amounts to an injustice. And actually, not only Christians, actually many non-Christians all over the world believe that Jesus died on a Friday like this, beaten, tortured, and crucified. But why? Why would this happen? Aaron asked a good question last night that I think fits well for what we're looking at tonight. What would you do in this situation if you were God? Jesus claims to be God. And if this is the case of all things, why did he choose to die? I think this is a question that John's trying to give us an answer to as he writes this drama of Jesus' death. And I think one of the answers he gives us is that Jesus dies because humans don't know how to be humans anymore. Besides Jesus, there are three main groups of characters throughout this story. Peter represents Jesus' friends, his followers who've been with him throughout his ministry. Then there are the chief priests, the leaders of the people of God. Of course, they would say they represent the interests of God. And there's Pilate. Pilate represents the Roman system of justice. Each of these people, these groups of people, struggle in their own way in this story, not only to do right by Jesus, but even more so to be true to themselves. Let's look at the Jews first. And I would encourage you, let's try to suspend our preconceived judgment of them for a minute. Let's look at them for who they claim to be. They claim to represent the interests of God, right? They seek the death of Jesus because he has made himself the son of God. But in order for them to have Jesus killed, they need Pilate's help. And Pilate isn't being cooperative. The Jews always have this trump card that they can play with Pilate. He was essentially a puppet of Caesar. So if they only speak of Caesar's wishes, they'll get what they want. Here's the problem with playing this card. Guess what Caesar, what name Caesar claims for himself? That's right, son of God. Remember what they said Jesus was doing? Claiming to make himself the son of God? That's exactly what Caesar claimed he was. So in order to rid themselves of the king they don't want, Jesus, they submit themselves to another God. We have no king but Caesar. Do you see what's happening here? They not only judge Jesus wrongly, but also themselves. That In claiming to represent the interests of God, they end up claiming for themselves another God. You know, even if we're being sympathetic to their intentions, they aren't as devoted to God as they can think. And the chief priests, we see that when people don't want Jesus as Lord, they find themselves driven to worship things they never intended. What about Pilate? 
Pilate, surprisingly, Pilate seems to have the best intuition about Jesus. After interrogating Jesus three times, he declares him innocent of any crime. Only because of pressure from the Jews, he has Jesus beaten, thinking surely that will satisfy them. But when that's not enough, he tries to talk to Jesus again. He's probably hoping Jesus will confess something and he can get the Jews to settle down and not demand crucifixion. But when Jesus doesn't speak, Pilate says to him, this is chapter 19, verse 10. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Pilate's claiming to have the authority to execute justice, right? But once the Jews play their trump card, Caesar, Pilate folds. He immediately orders Jesus to be crucified. So here's the strange thing about Pilate. Even though he claims to have the power to execute justice, to do what's right, he's still unable to do what he knows to be right. Both Pilate and the Jews not only treat Jesus poorly, they can't even be true to their own selves. It's a tragedy, isn't it? Even if we think poorly of these people having read about them for so long, it's quite a tragedy that these people are not able to do exactly what they say they can do. But this predicament, it isn't limited to bad guys in the story, is it? You see, Jesus' chosen disciple, Peter, he claimed so fervently that he would never leave Jesus. But by the time Jesus is captured, Peter is so struck by fear that he repeatedly denies any association with Jesus. Now, you might not be able to identify in the exact same way with these characters, with what happened to them. But surely there's been a time when you didn't live up to everything that you like to think about yourself. Can you think of a time, multiple times, when temptation was so strong that you rejected your own principles? The things that you believe to be so right. Maybe your thing is anger, bitterness. You like to think of yourself as a really nice person. But you have these outbursts of rage, a bitterness that you can't seem to control. Maybe it's a struggle for you to respect your parents or your siblings. The point is that like these characters, we too struggle to be who we really want to be. We struggle to achieve the behavior, the level of behavior that we know to be good and right. Haven't you felt that weight at some point? Haven't you felt that contradiction in yourself before? That sense of wanting to do something, but struggling to do the right thing. And not only struggling, but failing. Take these three characters, put them together. What's the cumulative effect? No one in this narrative can do what they say they're going to do. Not even Peter. Surprisingly, Jesus, the one who's threatened with death, remember the one who's been captured, he appears to be the only person in the narrative who is free. Totally free. Even if you struggle to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, 
Will you look at him right here? At his own trial and death. The broken hypocrisy of humanity. The brokenness of the world. Hatred. Fear. Injustice. These things surround Jesus. And yet he stands. Calm. Seemingly even fearless. Jesus dies as a true human. Surrounded by people who don't know how to be human anymore. What happens to the people in this section, the way they deal with Jesus is symptomatic of a larger problem. One that developed throughout the Bible and given special attention in John's gospel. The one that we're looking at tonight. Whether we've grown up in the church or not, we tend to think of sin as individual actions that God or the church or people have labeled wrong. And that's partly right, but it's not the full picture. And actually to see sin as individual actions like that actually underestimates its power in our lives. You see, in the Bible, sin is a cosmic system. It's a world. It's a way of living that we're born into and that is ruled by Satan. You see, to be born into the world is to be born into the matrix. It's hard to see what's real. Even if we realize something's wrong, like Pilate, we often struggle to change anything. What we actually need is to be brought out of the matrix or we need someone to come into the matrix and help us. You see, Jesus dies because people aren't able to be true humans anymore. And we need someone to come in. And this brings us to the second reason Jesus died. Jesus dies to make everything new. The Bible's a story, right? Not an encyclopedia. Where else in the Bible, the story of the Bible, did you hear one who claimed to be God have a dramatic finish, completion to all his work? The beginning. Genesis 2. God finishes creating the good, beautiful world. And here Jesus says at his crucifixion, it is finished. You see, through the cross, Jesus is reintroducing this broken world to the loving God, the loving creator. He's introducing us to the world as it was intended to be. You know, for so long, Christians have thought and even taught that God would destroy this world in the end. But that's actually the direct opposite of what Jesus claims to be doing. Jesus says earlier in the gospel that the definition, the very definition of love is that God would send his son into the world, the matrix world, currently ruled by Satan, not to destroy it, but to save it. These words, it is finished. It's actually one word in Greek. And in this culture, it was the word that was put on top of a bill. You would, you would write it all the way across. You would write this one word. And it was to indicate that the bill was paid in full. You see, Jesus saves the world. He reveals God's love by absorbing all the world's pain. All the world's injustice. All its evil in his own innocent body. It's finished. He's absorbed it. He's taken it on himself. 
This is what we call forgiveness. Do you feel like you've failed to be what God made you to be? You're right. But this is what Jesus absorbed. This is what he grants forgiveness for. Do you feel guilt? Do you feel shame? There's forgiveness. God really does love you. And in Jesus, he frees you from those things. All the guilt, all the shame. He absorbed it. And he wants to free you. Don't forget forgiveness. But to really know why Jesus died, we need to see more. Jesus died so that you could be forgiven. But he forgave us. He absorbed the evil of the world so that things could change. So that we can change and the world can change. Jesus tells Pilate, my kingdom isn't from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my servants would have been fighting. That I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom isn't from this world. For this reason I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. You see with his life. The incarnation. And with his death. Jesus steps into the matrix. Our backwards upside down world. That's ruled by Satan. And he introduces the real world of God. It's a world that's gained by peace. Instead of fighting. It's gained by love instead of hate. It's gained by truth instead of injustice. So to follow Jesus in the world means we're forgiven for all the places where we fall short. But it also means that real change in us, transformation in the world is possible because Jesus opened the way. We're not doomed to our failures and neither is the world. The cross has guaranteed that. Jesus' death, it's the most human of all events. It's the way that God brings us out of the matrix and makes things new. Look at chapter 19, verses 34 through 35. We will close here. But one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. And then John comments he who saw it has borne witness his testimony is true and he knows that he's telling the truth that you also may believe john's goal in telling us why jesus died and telling us about jesus death is that we would believe and the reason is because we live in the matrix where it's hard to believe It's hard to believe God loves the world when we actually look at it closely. The world's often so evil, so hostile. Did you read the news today or yesterday? But with the raw elements of his own son's blood, God pours out his love. And he asks us to believe. You see, faith makes it possible for us to live like Jesus with love, patience, and suffering for a world that doesn't feel like it deserves it. And it's in those things, love, patience, and suffering, that we lift the world into the loving power of Jesus' passion, of his death, of his death that frees us and makes us human. Will you believe? Amen.